left side ball up and caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown Titans! Johnu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! Fumbles. Ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out! And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven and he wins! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Titans Beat. I'm your host, or one of your hosts, Anna Lewis. Y'all know this by now, if you're here. We've got Albert Hainsworth and Joe Lemming here to talk about Monday Night Football. So, guys, how we doing? How y'all feeling? I'm so hungover. <laughs> what did you say, Albert? <laughs> Joe, what about you? How you feeling? No, electric. Uh, Monday night was awesome. Prime time under the lights. Couldn't have expected anything better. You sound really electric right now. There's a lot of enthusiasm that <laughs> just came out of your voice, sir. I was hey, I was yelling at the game. He's... I don't have a lot to give. I'm sorry. He said electric. <laughs> like, all right, Joe. <laughs> but no, Monday night was unreal. Um, Joe, I know you were there. I was there. Um, I haven't seen Nissan rocking like that in a long time. So they did the light show. Um, the intros were really cool. Like it was just, it was a great night to be there and it was a beautiful night for football. So Monday night was a lot of fun, but let's go ahead and jump into the nitty gritty. Um, let's talk about, you know, the flow of the game. How'd you feel overall? What stood out to you? Um, and what's your overall reaction to, to the game? Both of you go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, no, uh, Derrick Henry uh, proved once again that he's the best running back in the league. Uh, definitely willed us to life because uh, it looked like the offense was coming out just completely stagnant to start the game. Tannehill wasn't looking good. Uh, the plays that we were running just weren't fit for what this offense is built to do. And Derrick Henry kind of put the team on his shoulders and said, look, I'm a curious to this win. And then in the second half, the defense really – started to stand up and it just, it all came together. It was just awesome to see, you know, I know a lot of people going into that game didn't expect us to be able to keep up with Buffalo, but uh, we put the world on notice that we can go toe to toe with anybody. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I thought it was excellent. I, I, you know, I was a, a, a non-believer because I thought, you know, that Bill's mafia, I hate those people, but um, um, you know, and how they play, how they've been dominating, but yeah, you know, we we stood up. We took some of their best punches, and, and we delivered. Um, yes, and, and it's totally all given to Derrick Henry, the king. Um, you know, uh, just the way he played and, and, and showed out was incredible. I mean, and his pace that he's going is incredible. Um, and, you know, the defense uh, stepped up good enough to uh allow us to win so um yeah hats off hats off to the titans and and uh definitely hats off to king harry absolutely agree um that that run that he popped off for uh 76 yards i mean that thing was just insane and to see him break off that early too because usually he doesn't break off that early but um you know he saw that gap and just hit it 21 miles an hour um and he said that wasn't fast enough it's like man this is the fastest speed anybody's hit this season um so i love his you know never satisfied attitude i think that's just going to benefit 
us as fans of the team because that man, even though he is the best, he wants to be better. And I love that. Um, do definitely want to talk about, I, I know everybody has talked about the big stop that the defense made at the end of the game to, to finish it. But I want to talk about what they did the first two drives. I mean, they held Josh Allen and this explosive Bills offense. That one are they were they the number one offense, Joe, going into this game? They were. So number one offense in the NFL against definitely not the number one defense in the NFL, and we hold them to field goals the first two drives. I, that stood out to me more than anything. That was such a big momentum boost, even when the offense wasn't popping off the way. You know, we want them to, especially having AJ and Julio back as well. But seeing our defense create momentum for the offense, you know, that gassed them up and had them ready to go. So, um, you know, hats off to the defense for sure for stepping up to the plate. Definitely not an easy task, but they they set the tone early and I loved it. Yeah, I, I was I was really, uh, yeah, really shocked those first two drives that they held them because um, they they were moving the ball at will. Just, but when they got in the red zone, uh, the Bills they just kind of stalled, or really, uh, Tennessee defense just uh, bowed up. So, um, yeah, that was amazing, amazing I stuff. Hate say, I hate to say it, but that's been our trend for the past couple seasons now. Is that we will give up the chunk plays to anybody and everybody and let them move down the field, but then when they get in the red zone in that shortened field, it doesn't give our DBs as much room to get beat. And it's allowing our pass rush to do what it needs to do. So it, it kind of fits because once the, you know, Bills got into the red zone, Jack Rabbit, I think it was Jack Rabbit, got beat by Sweeney on some tight coverage. Stephon yeah. Diggs got a nice catch and some tight coverage. But we weren't getting burned. So I don't know if it's scheming or what it is, but chunk plays, we're giving them at will. Red yeah. zone, bend but don't break. It's been the mantra for years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it is frustrating. Now, Albert, I know you and I have talked extensively about um, you know, basically them just having you what do you say, a plow on some of these guys, especially Jeff in the middle, like not letting them really do what they can naturally do. And I think that's something that you've probably experienced as well. Um, because you were a freak athlete and um just somebody that some seasons we'd see you really be able to do whatever you wanted because you were put in situations to do that and some seasons not so much because you had to do you know your assignment yeah, so team, it is yeah. hard yep that's right and uh, you know like really that's honestly that's just what I'm waiting for i was hoping that uh you know uh Swartz, jim Swartz was going to be able to help that uh to release you know jeff from 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 that plow and just to let him eat and, and let him run, but um, it doesn't seem like anything that uh, Jim Swartz has what he's what he's known for has been applied at the Titans. So, like I kind of said before, I think you know Swartz is just kind of like a ploy, um, just like another uh, a layer uh, to Vrabel, you know, as far as like yeah. having a new D coordinator and having Jim Swartz. I think they're all just layers that when they don't, if they don't win the Super Bowl or don't improve in defense, they they like, oh well, I had these guys around there, so they're gonna fire fire those guys. So I mean, that's what I literally yeah. think. Uh, they were just buffers. Yeah, I I agree. I do think that obviously you're gonna know better than what Joe and I would 
ever know as far as anything Coach Schwartz doing because um, we didn't play for him. But there have been some little nuances that I've seen. I mean, we've seen an improvement in the front seven, and I think that's what he was really good at with you guys was when back when you played, is y'all's front seven looked phenomenal all the time. Like you guys had it together and locked down. So our, our front seven's looking good, but the secondary still feels very last season. Um, which last season we did have Shane Bowen was doing the play calling, but so was Mike Rabel and it wasn't clear and whatever. Um, and now Shane Bowen is the official DC. But um, I think we see flashes of his influence, but I was really hoping that he would just get promoted up to be in the DC because I think he would, we've talked about it how many times I think we'd be in a four, three. I think it'd be a lot more conducive to what um, our front guys can do, but um, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I'd be interested to see if he would even want to be DC. Who? Uh, Schwartz? Yeah. No, no. I don't, I don't think he's he's not going to do that anymore. Uh, yeah. You know, for personal reasons anyway. Uh, I don't want to disclose. But, um, yeah, for him consulting, yeah, but he's not – like they're not listening to anything he, he's saying. Because uh, Schwartz, I mean, he used to be a, a, a massive blitzer and, you know yeah. – like drop all these exotic blitzes and stuff like that. And he started literally realizing like how we played up front and, and like, uh, he's like the things that I could do were, were different. And so he just let us do that. And so with our linebackers, you know, with Keith behind me and all that stuff, Keith is a, is a smart, you know, super intelligent linebacker. So he just played off of me. Like if I got in my gap, He's like, all right, if you get out of your gap, you can make the play, but make sure you stay, you know, in that gap that you you're that you're going to. And then he's like, I'll cover you. He said, I'm five yards behind you. I can cover you, you know, no problem. So um, I mean that's the same thing, but like what I see watching their defense, the Titans, the current Titans defense, is they're you know, they're more designed for linebackers and people to run through. Like, uh, I mean, you look at some of the picks that Jeff runs. I mean, you can run a pick, but, you know, the way he run the pick, he's putting his head in front of the guard, you know, and, instead of, like, kind of, like, chipping his his uh, hip and then going upfield. He's chipping, you know, almost like his shoulder pads, and so his head's kind of, like, in front of the guard a little bit, and, I mean, like a true screen. So that really just takes him out of play. If he just hits the hip and keeps going upfield, that, you know, the guy can get through, or if he can't, then Jeff can get the sack. And if they, and if, if they don't, if they come down hard on Jeff then the, and then the linebacker can, um, you know, stand up linebacker or whatever can get the, uh, get the sack. I mean, it's just ways to run it. I mean, there is no new games in this, you know, that I can teach them, but it's like the, the techniques of running these games that'll make them great. And like, like everybody, instead of sacrificing a player. So you never have to sacrifice a player. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, and it is, it's frustrating to watch because you do see these flashes of just like, just absolutely insane athleticism and his field awareness is like top level. I mean, his just being able to be in that moment of holding one or two guys off and then knowing, Hey, so, you know, quarterback's about to pass. Let me throw my hand up and deflect it. Um, his field awareness is, is remarkable. Um, Honestly, especially from just being in his third year. That huh? actually sucks, to be honest. Like, because he's not. Get getting inflection sucks. It, well, 
Yeah, because he's not getting the pressure he needs, and then that's the last minute attempt. But yeah, they, so he has to react. They, they, they probably kind of teach that. I guarantee they probably teach that to, to yeah. like get oh, your absolutely. Hand. I mean, like that's that's ridiculous. Like he should be he should be right there in the quarterback's face and, and making the quarterback scramble instead of sitting back trying to you know bat down passes. I mean, I know that's a good play overall, but that's not necessarily a great play for like where the defense alignment is knocking the ball down because that means he's not right. getting the pressure and he's just kind of waiting for the quarterback to decide where he's going to throw it and try to knock it down. Right. And I guess I didn't really fully say what I, I intended to there. Like I appreciate that he reacts like that. I would rather see him be getting pressure and getting back there, but I think you're right. I think they probably are teaching that like, Hey, disrupt the play. He did a lot in college too, but um I would rather see him getting upfield as well, but a lot of that is because he's handcuffed in the the scheme that he's in. It doesn't make a lot of sense for what he's naturally talented at. So um, I would I would much rather see us, like we said, in a 4-3. I think you see him break off and have a career season if they did that. Um, but unfortunately, they didn't hire me to be the DC so um, or consultant or anything. You would <laughs> maybe have to do that. maybe you Coach Rabel will hear my podcast and be like, all right, Anna's right. No, you have to be the head coach to make that decision because this is coming from the yeah. head, not from the DC. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Now I don't know that I think Shane Bowen is um I don't think he's the guy to even speak up and say, hey, we should probably be doing this. I don't I can't even see him doing that. But Joe, no. do you have any thoughts on that on that front four or I mean front three? No, I mean you guys covered it. I was just letting y'all do y'all thing. Like you can just tell y'all are passionate and knowledgeable about what you're talking about. I don't have anything to add to that. But I do. We could talk. We could talk about Tannehill if you want. I was about to, I was about to That's say, where I, I wanted to go next. <laughs> so, all right, guys. As we all know, since Tannehill has been the starter, I've been saying he's been playing elite, one of the best in the league. I am going to say this. I'm only going to say it once. This season, <laughs> Tannehill has regressed to this point, and he is at this point a game manager. How do you feel? I feel terrible. I feel dirty, but it's true. <laughs> His decision-making has been subpar, and a large part of it has been due to offensive line play. Um, however, he did not get sacked once last week. There was pressure. In the first half was absolutely atrocious for Tannehill. Uh, I think A.J. Brown kind of swooped in and saved him in the second half. Everybody was saying MJ had his flu game. AJ had his Chipotle game. Well, he showed up and bailed <laughs> us out in a bunch of really big spots last week, made some really big plays, especially once uh, in the fourth quarter Julio went out. Granted, spectacular catch by Julio. Also awesome helped Tannehill on a good uh, free play when the defense was offsides. But I will own that. This year Tannehill has seemed to have regressed to this point, and he is playing like a game manager. Joe, I'm really proud of you. Yeah, I'm not going to beat you down. I'm not going to beat you down. <laughs> it's okay, I'm already there. I'm not going to beat you down. I'm not going to say, like, he's always been a game manager. You're just not realizing it. I'm not going to say that. I am not going to. <laughs> no. There's no use of me saying that. So, yes, we appreciate your words, Joe, of you saying, you know, he's a game manager. 
Thank you. And Joe, you were seen, right. you were hey, heard. He's a great one. He's a great game manager. I mean, he, he is. played great last night. I mean, on Monday night. But, yeah, he's a really good game manager. And I'm going to give you something, though, that I've t- I told you before and we kind of thought about. He is the second best quarterback of all time for the Titans. I'll give yep. you that. There you go. I will say, though, he has shown flashes of what I saw in him prior. Like, I remember there was a big play to AJ down the middle, the one where he, he uh, ran the drag route across the middle. He fit it in between. It was a laser in between three defenders. And if it would have been even an inch to the left or an inch to the right, it would have been a pick six. But I just don't know if it's in his head right now that he knows he doesn't have much time, especially now with Lawan getting hurt. And we can talk more about that in a little bit with a banged up offensive line. But he has to get it together. If we want any chance of winning a Super Bowl, it's going to be the secondary or Tannehill is going to be the reason why this team doesn't make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I mean, how's that? How's that feel? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like a game manager, like he's not just a guy that hands the ball off. He still makes plays, but he yeah he is not he is not the number one threat on the team. On the offense, he's not the number one threat. So that's what I say, game manager. Like, if, 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 uh, God forbid, Derrick Henry ever goes out, I don't see Tannehill being able to carry this team. Maybe one or two games, but he's not going to do it consistently like a Brady, like a Rodgers, like, um, you know, Lamar, uh, you know, kind of like uh, Mahomes, like, He's he's just not that guy, but he is a, a, a really good quarterback. And with him having help, as as far as Derrick Henry, that allows him to to play well. So that, like like that's that's how I view him. And then when I when I say as far as you know he's not the superstar, blah blah blah, whatever. But that's how I see it. Like he needs help. He needs the run game to work. You look at you look at Rodgers, you look at Tom Brady, you, you look at them like they don't need the run game to, to I mean they'll they'll go to it, but they don't need it. You get what I'm saying? No, you're you're completely right. Without without Derrick Henry, who I thought was gonna have an offseason this year, Ryan Tannehill would not be able to carry this team to a ten plus one season. Well, I just want to take a moment and say, Joe, I'm really proud of you. Yes. It's taken us a long time to get here. And um, first step is and Albert and I have been here for a long time, but the first step is acceptance. Crap, <laughs> <laughs> my shoulder, Joe. <laughs> I'm, I, I appreciate your you. support. Thank you so much. <laughs> We're here for you, Joe. We got you. Um, yeah, I honestly, I think a lot of people take. They, they don't really go after Albert for his Ryan Tannehill takes the way that they come after me because everybody is just like, uh, we're going to leave Albert alone. But Anna, nah. Um, I don't have a problem with Ryan Tannehill, but my issue is that, like you said, if Derrick Henry is not doing what Derrick Henry does, he is not able to open up the game the way he needs to. I think he makes incredible plays. I think he has those, those little runs that he has, little Tana wheels moments. Like, those are so fun. He's an electric quarterback. Like, he really gets the energy going. Um, and I hope that he can kind of 
get back into his groove because he's he's incredibly fun to watch and he does make a lot of good decisions most of the time. But Monday night, I think we saw him make a lot of really bad decisions like that interception, um, throwing it to Julio and double coverage behind him. That was rough. I mean, that was really, really rough. Mm-hmm. So, but everybody has those moments. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has been throwing a lot of interceptions too. So, we can Are you just talking show. about the, the play where uh, he got picked off when he's trying to throw to Julio? Yeah. Okay, that I'm faulting that one on the offensive line because he had Julio. That's Julio fair. was wide open down the middle. Somebody got a hand in his face and he threw the ball where he could and it got picked off. But what, gotcha. I think that was a third down play, so it was essentially a punt. But if the pressure was not there, I there was a probably 75% chance that was going for six because the play was there. I don't know. I don't know. The one I, the one I'm thinking of, I mean, we were talking about the same play. There were two people right there. And yeah, it was Julio was in between both the safeties. He had a seam going. He if For the pass was on point, second. it was there. Okay, Joe. Tom Brady watch it. That throw. Yeah, Tom Brady would have Tom made it. Tom Brady can't throw the ball more than five <laughs> yards down the field anymore, dog. What are you talking about? Stop it. <laughs> We just got to poke a little fun at you. I mean, we're proud of you, but we still have to have these moments. (laughs) So let's just go ahead and give Derrick Henry his flowers. Um, I am just blown away by that man. I mean, 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, I actually got into it, not into it. Me and Ryan Mouton had a conversation on Twitter last week before the Bills game about, you know, he said, you know, Derek's not supposed to be in the MVP conversation yet. The Titans lost to the Jets. Um, That's why you don't see him there. And that's valid. Um, But then after the Bills game, he tagged me and something. He said, all right, Anna, he he deserves it now. Like that was incredible. And um, I'm just so excited to see what he does. I, I, I can't even just it's hard to put into words how exciting it is to watch this hall of fame career unfold before our eyes. I mean, we're just so ooh. fortunate to be able to watch it happen here. I think, I think he's on his way. Why do you say, Ooh, Albert? Oh, that's, 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 that's strong. That's strong. It is strong. It's some, it's three good seasons, but you got, you got Eddie George, you got, you know, you got um, Chris Johnson that have yeah. done, you know, similar things. It's just like just to see how long he can last. That's the thing. If he breaks two K this year, is he in the Hall of Fame? If he breaks two K, that'd be the only running back to ever do it, right? Yeah, back to back. But then, but then you got um, so now against him, it, he got to break it like convincingly. Like he can't uh, because now you have more games. You got seventeen games instead of sixteen. Yeah. So, so if he yeah. hits if he hits twenty two hundred, he hits twenty two hundred. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think you got to win an MVP or something like that. I think yeah, I think he could could possibly be in the Hall of Fame. But that like don't jinx him because it's still a long season. We're still a long season ahead of us. Ahead of us. I mean, you know, God forbid, like Titans lose every game, they're out of playoffs. You know, just like how right. I, I love how Josh Allen said last week. And that became I became more of a fan of his, you know. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of many quarterbacks, um, but uh, he was like, "Hey, I don't know anybody that's you know that's won four games and they're in the playoffs. It's like so it don't even matter." 
you know, you, you've seen that quote he was talking about, like, because they're like, oh, you beat, uh, you know, Mahomes and all this stuff like that. And, and, you know, he's like, all right, we still only won four games. You know, big deal. Like, we're not in the playoffs yeah. yet. So, like, I, I Yeah, I got a lot of respect quote. for that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, let's just be easy on the HOF. That's that's a that's a hard stance. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope and, and, and would hope and pray that he gets in the HOF. But, like, you know, you got, got Chris Johnson, you got Eddie George. Right now, I yeah. still think, you know, Derek Henry is probably, you know, number two, three in the Titans, you know, running back system. And then, and then if you look at uh, Titans or Houston, you know, history, you got Earl Campbell in that. So, um, I mean, he's in that he's in that top four for sure. But like, where is he ranked at right now? I mean, is he is he better than? Eddie George is he, is he better than Chris Johnson? You know how electrifying Chris Johnson was with and half the size of uh, of Derrick Henry. So I mean, sure. gotta be we gotta be easy on that. Don't get me wrong. I, I hope he does, but I think if you see the Titans go to a Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, he also puts himself in that conversation because it's not because of Ryan Tannehill. It's not because our defense is the best in the NFL. It's going to be because Derrick Henry ran us there. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I think that would definitely, yeah, that would, that would like beyond anybody else that would make him, make him Hall of Fame. I want to throw something in there though. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Chris Johnson had Kevin Maway on the offensive line and Eddie had Bruce Matthews. Derek. Kevin Maway at the end of his career, Bruce Matthews at the end of his career. Still both Hall of Fame offensive linemen. Who can you say on the Titans offensive line right now can even sniff? We I don't even think we have an I mean Roger Saffold, I think, was at one point all pro. I don't think Taylor's ever gotten an all pro nod. And Nate Davis and whoever were rotating in at right tackle, I mean I'm not saying that the offensive line did what they did for Chris Johnson and made him who he was or same for Eddie, but Derek's got a lot more going against him too in an aspect. And I'm not gonna say he's the best all time either. He still has more to do, but he doesn't have as much help. You know, I mean, I understand that. Like, yeah, like totally. Um, I don't know. It was, was, uh, but this is the thing is like with CJ, he did, he got 2000 yards, you know, the Titans were eight and eight. That was a year after I left, you know, he got 2000 yards. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if why was there. I mean, his rookie year was a great year. I mean, he was our whole offense. Um, I mean, pretty much, I mean, now like Derek Henry got more help. It ain't all on Derek Henry. I mean, you got, you got Tannehill and then you got AJ who we thought about it, AJ and, and, and Julio, you know, I mean, and, and you got like tight end and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, it's, he got more help than what CJ had because CJ was our offense. As soon as he went down that playoff game against, uh, what was it? I want to say it was against the Baltimore. Ravens my last year, 2008 season, or, or was it San Diego? One, one, whoever we lost to, and, yeah, in the second round. I mean, yeah, I mean that was it. Like once he went down, boom, we had a dead offense. They couldn't stop CJ. I mean, nobody yeah. could. Really. So, I mean, I I would disagree to an extent. Um, on I'm not going to speak on CJ. Um. 
because it's, it's been so long. I feel I watched it all, but you know, at this point, I feel almost uneducated speaking on it because it has been so long since I've really been up on um, his film and everything. But without Derrick Henry, you do not open up this offense at all. Without Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill is not making plays. So if you stop Derrick Henry, you stop our entire offense. I think it's the same effect. Um, it's just nobody's figured out a way to really stop him effectively. You have nine people in the box and he's still running through them. So um, my, I told uh, Trey Wynn came on the show. I, I don't know if you know who he is, but Joe, I'm sure you do. He came on and did uh, last week with me. I was telling him my mom doesn't even really watch the Titans like that. She doesn't really care about football, but um, she was saying it reminds her like watching Derrick Henry. It reminds her of in Waterboy when they're like, he can't win this game for us. And he turns to me like, you got to win this game for us. She was like, that's probably Mike Frabel, Derrick Henry every week. <laughs> <laughs> Go out. You're just going to so, hand the ball to Derek and stand out and get out of his way. <laughs> like, yeah, just get out of his way. Just let him run. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I don't know. I, I think um, it's definitely a wait and see with the Hall of Fame conversation. I just put it out there. I like to speak things into existence, you know, and I think that man deserves – he deserves his roses right now. I mean, he's just – with the numbers he's already put up and the fact that his yards after contact are – like, if you look at the rankings for – Rushing yards, it's him, number one, him, his yards after contact, number two, and then Nick Chubb. It's just insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love to have been on that team, you know, with him. I mean, yeah. that, would, that would have been a powerhouse uh, team. I mean, it should have been Super Bowl every year. But Yeah, yeah. imagine your, that defense that y'all had with Derrick Henry on the other side of the ball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would have loved practice. I would have loved in the training camp because it yeah. was, you know, it was us against, uh, you know, first first defense against first offense. You know, a few times we would do that, and yeah, right. it was a battle. And you know, I mean, that's what I say. Like we 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 would we would corral Chris, shut him down. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's broke. He broke out like his rookie year. We're like, holy shit! Like this kid is fast. <laughs> Like this kid is super <laughs> fast. Like it, it was ridiculously, like the first few times we let him, and then we figured out figured him out, they corral him, and then yeah, it was it's good. You getting hands on him, it's, it was done. So, but yeah, yeah. I, I would love to you know play against uh, Derek. You know, be on the same team playing against him in training camp. I'm sure that would be a lot of fun. I'm sure those guys do enjoy, especially when they get to go um, first offense versus first defense. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Joe, you were about to say something. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I, I know Derek deserves all his praises, but uh, going back to the game on Monday night, uh, unfortunately, in an exciting game that had seven lead changes, the Titans did, did lose some key pieces. And uh, first-round draft pick Caleb Farley, who was finally starting to get his reps in to see what he can develop into, and also a pretty scary injury uh, with Taylor Mawan as well, who looks like he may be out for this coming week. Just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on that as well. Yeah, and, well, um, you know what? I, you go ahead, Anna. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say we had a, a third injury. I can't. I'm blanking right now, but we had another ACL tear. Um, was that Chris Jackson? Uh, uh Cam. I think Cam Batson hurt Cam his ankle. Cam Batson. Cam Batson. That's what it was. So I thought somebody else tore their ACL. Mm. But I might just be in my head. I don't know. Um, but yeah, those are three. Cam Batson has been doing a lot for us in special teams too. So. That was not one you want to see go down either. Um, the Taylor Lewan injury was scary, and I, I definitely felt horrible for him because we've been giving him crap 
for weeks because he has not looked like his, you know, all pro self. But um, last week he looked really good against Jacksonville. Granted, it's Jacksonville, but he did hold his own. Um, and then it, in the beginning of this game, he looked good. I mean, they didn't allow a sack, and he was out there for a, you know a good portion of the first half. So he, I hated to see him go down, especially when he started getting it together. Um, and then for him to go limp the way he did, I mean, that was just scary. They didn't even show the replay in the stadium, but seeing it afterwards, um, it, it was scary to see somebody that big have to be carried off on a stretcher like that. But getting that thumbs up to the crowd would definitely – Definitely uh, made it right feel a little bit easier. Um, and then with Caleb Farley, I just, again, feel bad for him coming off of, you know, the the stigma he had as our draft pick, our first-round draft pick with a back injury, and then to see him go get hurt in a different way. Um, hey, it's just – it's unfortunate and things like that happen, but hopefully he can have his surgery, recover from it, maybe have a, a Jeff Simmons type of bounce back. That's somebody that bounced back really hard off of a knee injury. Um, maybe we see that from Caleb Farley because I like the flashes that we've seen of him. We just haven't, we don't have a lot of film on him yet. So, Albert, what do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, it's definitely unfortunate for uh, Juan going down. But uh, like I told you guys earlier, that you know, it's probably for the best for him to just sit out four weeks and get back healthy. I mean, I, I know you said he played good against Jacksonville and and, and a little bit of that game. But you know, still, I don't, I don't see like things I watch because I've been watching him. And he's still getting driven back into the quarterback, still in the quarterback's face. Like, I just don't think he's, I don't think he's there from from his injury last year. So I think he should, you know, double rehab. You know, probably sit around, and, you know, not do much. Of course, with the head, with the concussion, but also do a lot of rehab on that knee. And, and probably sit out three or four weeks and, and get back uh, to himself uh, pre-contract. Um, because, like like I said earlier, you guys, like I think what he's putting on film is not a good look, and and the Titans can use that against him. Now, now I'm, I'm being devil's advocate. I'm, I'm playing the business role of football, which a lot of fans don't quite understand and they get mad at for players for leaving, but he did sign that huge contract and he hasn't played up to that contract. And they're, you know, they can, you know, Tyson come back like, Hey, you know, you're not looking the same. We need, we need some cap space. Hey, you know, take a pay cut. No, I, that's my money. I earn that money, blah, blah, blah. Boom. Then he gets released. And then, you know, all fans are salty and all that stuff. Like, like, why didn't he just take a pay cut? You know, I mean, because he's putting his body on the line to, you know, to feed his family, to, to secure his 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 kids for the rest of their life and kids' kids and, and everything like that. So, uh, that's what I think he should do instead of putting um, what he's putting on film is, is take some time off, get right. It's a long season; still got a long season ahead. Get right. And then he can come back as himself. And then if the Titans do want to come and, and knock on his door at that point in time saying, hey, you're not, you know, you can't take a pay cut and get released. And then he'll be able to make more money out there in the NFL with another team. Yeah, my- I agree. I agree. And I think um, that's one of my favorite things about having you on our show every week is you give us a different perspective that, you know, Joe and I are like, I'd say we're 
we're definitely fans first. We have a, a decent understanding of what goes on, but we've we haven't been in your shoes. So we don't know everything that goes on in those in those meetings and those negotiations. And you're absolutely right. Just from what I know from talking to you, talking to a couple other people I know that have played, um, you gotta do what's best for you first. And a lot of people don't understand that. But um, if you know you're you're an accountant, you're not gonna just go take a pay cut because your company wants you to. I mean, you you work to get what you have and um you don't wanna compromise that because you have put yourself in a position to make that money. It's the same thing for professional athletes. And I think people kind of dehumanize athletes a lot. So um, I feel the same way. I think I would like Taylor Lewan to chill and um, be ready for the end of the season, the postseason, because that's where we need him. And we need him to be back pre-contract Taylor or he's going to have to go somewhere else um, because he, I mean, there's a lot of fans that love him, but there's a lot of fans that are tired of him too. So it's, it's a mixed bag. Joe, what do you think? Yeah, I Albert covered it pretty well. I mean, he's not living up to the level that he's being paid for as being the top paid guy on our team or one of the top uh, highest paid guys on our team. And to have that much of a cap casualty on a guy that's, you know, for some at, at this point in his career, struggling to stay healthy and contribute. And now he came back, wasn't contributing at a high level, now hurt again. The NFL is a business, and I know Albert knows this as well as anybody else that, as far as between the three of us, that they will not hesitate to tell him to take a pay cut or get out. It will happen. So I love Taylor Lewan, but I don't like the version of Taylor Lewan that we've been getting, and I hate that he got hurt because at his best, he is a crucial piece to that offense and in that run game. But they proved last year that they can still manage to win without him, and they had to kind of prove it again this year. So uh, I wish him a speedy recovery. It was scary to see a big man like that knocked out unconscious for minutes. Uh, but he's got to get his stuff together, and he's got to come back right. He can't rush himself back. He's got to come back ready to play. Yeah, I agree. And we have a hard stretch of games here coming up, but I don't think having an unhealthy Offensive lineman is not going to help. So definitely uh, not that Taylor one is going to listen to this and take anything we have to say <laughs> into consideration. But I do hope that, you know, he'll take a few weeks and just get right and um, and just come back stronger and better because that's, that's what he wanted to do after his injury last year. And I don't know that he really did that. He said he did, but, you know, he doesn't look like that. And um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm tired of talking about Taylor one <laughs> because I just need – I feel horrible for his injury Monday night. I hope he is okay. I know that's really, really scary seeing Taylor and um, his wife tweet about it too. I mean, I just can't imagine how horrified she was in that moment. Um, but it's unfortunately a risk in the game, and you got to get right and be 100%, at least 90% before you come back. Yeah, there is um, no there is no 100%. There's no 100%. There's no 100%. <laughs> there. No, definitely not. But um, – we have a what huge else, game. guys? I've... Yeah, uh, we just got a huge game coming up this week, and you know, yeah. whoever we can roll out there with a very slim secondary now and a now slim offensive line again uh, against the Chiefs, uh, we're going to preview that with another one of our friends from the network here with uh, Garrett coming up. Uh, so I hope you guys yep. get to tune into that. Well, but uh, do you guys have any final thoughts about the Monday night game? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Win. It was. 
It was unreal being there. It was a great moment. I can't wait to see Nissan packed out like that again. Hopefully we get some more primetime opportunities and um and get to experience that several more times as Titans fans because that's that's like top three experiences for me as a Titans fan. It was really cool. So, but yeah, make sure you stay tuned and, and check out our next episode with Garrett from uh, uh, Kingdom Says podcast where he's going to come on and, and really dive into the Chiefs roster, what they have to offer and the matchups he's anticipating as a Chiefs fan. So um, it's, it's a good show and I think y'all will enjoy that a lot. But Albert, Joe, it was great chat with y'all again. It's good to have the gang back together. Yes, it is. It was awesome. <laughs> it was fun, guys. And if you haven't already, make sure you guys jump on and follow us on Twitter at SIA Titans Beat. Make sure you guys uh, give us a like on Facebook and follow us for any more content coming up. We do have some really exciting things planned. So uh, we look forward to getting to do all that together with you guys. Tighten up. Yeah. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.